This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. In Australia, buying, selling or possessing a nicotine vape without a prescription is illegal. But you wouldn't know it. Nicotine vapes are everywhere, in the corner store, in primary schools and in the hands of toddlers. That's according to Health Minister Mark Butler. I mean, it is causing very real harm to our children right now. The Victorian Poisons Hotline in the state you're in right now has reported that in the last 12 months, more than 50 children under the age of four have had to be reported to that hotline because of the dangerous ingestion of nicotine. So, uh, Sorry, uh, yes, it's did you ex- say under four, Minister? Under four. Under four what? years of age. More than half of Australia's 2 million vape smokers are under 25 years old. And an ongoing vaping reforms inquiry has revealed serious concerns about what this is doing to their health, with the health minister vowing to act. Today, Australia's kids are hooked on vapes. It's Monday, the 27th of March. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mel, I feel like all my friends are vaping. It seems like it's just everywhere. As a medical editor, how do you feel about vaping? You know, I was at a picnic a couple of weekends ago and someone pulled out a vape while we were eating. Melissa Davey is the medical editor at Guardian Australia. There's this idea that the secondhand vape aerosol is not a problem, it doesn't harm anyone. And this is one of the things that the tobacco industry and the vaping industry has done so well. They have found a product that can get into all the spaces where cigarettes are no longer acceptable. It's no longer acceptable to smoke in pubs and restaurants or even to smoke on the street. No one likes to be stuck behind a smoker. And yet we see vaping in all of these venues. So 10 years ago, when I first started writing about vaping, back then the public health experts were warning that we are going to see these products infiltrate public spaces. And this is largely because of the way they're marketed towards kids. They're very attractive. They smell good. They taste good. And lo and behold, One decade on, we are now considering major sweeping vaping reforms to get vapes out of these spaces and, most importantly, out of the hands of kids. So, Mel, before we get into the proposed reforms to vaping laws, I want to talk about vaping 
and kids. We know that nicotine vapes are illegal without a prescription and vaping of any form is illegal for under 18s. So how are kids getting their hands on them? So Australia's import laws are pretty hard to enforce and they're not very strict. So that means the market has been flooded with vapes, including nicotine vapes. And importers and manufacturers are just removing nicotine from the ingredients list. So that's how they get around the laws. And so these nicotine-free products that are getting through the borders often contain really high levels of nicotine. We don't know how much nicotine unless the TGA or um, public health authorities seize them from convenience stores or other retailers and then test them. But they're often found to contain really, really high levels of nicotine. And many people don't even realise this when they buy them, especially Mm. kids. So individuals with prescriptions for nicotine vaping products, so if you want to quit smoking, you can get a script from your doctor, You can order a three-month supply for your own personal use for import, but that's quite a lot. And there is um, a belief amongst government authorities that people are buying their own supply and then selling them on. So this has created a black market. Perhaps if I could just get you to start by introducing yourself, your full name, title, what you do for, for work. Sure. My name is Becky Freeman, and I'm an associate professor at the School of Public Health in the University of Sydney. And I've been working in tobacco control for over 20 years now. And I spoke to tobacco control expert Professor Becky Freeman from the University of Sydney, and she's been researching vaping addiction amongst youth, and she's been surveying young people. She recently surveyed more than 700 people aged between 14 and 17 years old. And she told me that there's a kind of perfect storm unfolding when you have legislation that muddies the waters and makes enforcement incredibly difficult, you have companies who are intentionally exploiting that loophole, and then you have this perfect product that is really appealing to young people, is discreet and cheap and smells good, as being marketed to them on social media. All those things came together, and it's no wonder use has taken off here and become normalized so quickly. Right. The federal health minister has also highlighted this issue, that vapes are actively being marketed to kids. A parent told us last week that they found in their very young child's pencil case a vape that was deliberately designed to look like a highlighter pen. I mean, these things are insidious. Can you talk me through the marketing tactics that are being used and why they appeal to kids, Mel? So social media is huge and there's a number of ways tobacco companies and vaping companies use social media. So they pay bloggers and Twitter users, TikTok users to write about their products and share them. Um, They often provide free products to um, bloggers and others who are on social Mm. media. Kids are obviously really large consumers of social media, so they might be seeing this. And from my own research of youth vaping and writing about it, suddenly I started getting ads on my own social media that kind of revealed a bit of what kids would be seeing. So I started getting videos of teenagers who look really young unboxing different vapes and talking about the different flavors and the colors and the packaging. One of my favorite companies, they honestly make amazing products. So I'm super excited to check these out. Uh, They sent me a few different or two different flavors here. We got mint, 
And we got gummy bear. They've also used celebrities in their ads. There's lots of ads out there with celebrities vaping. And then, of course, there's the packaging, which is a big one. So colourful packaging, colourful um, products, different flavours that mask the harshness of the taste um, with quirky names, all of the kind of things that appeal to young people. Now, one of the pro-vaping groups is run by a tobacco company. That is quite common. Not all vapes are produced by Big Tobacco or owned by Big Tobacco, but a good portion of the companies are. And Professor Freeman said that these tobacco companies that are running vaping groups or funding them are recycling old advertising tactics used for traditional cigarettes. It's funny because I think... Sometimes you think, oh, you know, these are new products. It's a changed tobacco industry. They're changed products. You know, they're sort of even trying to position themselves as partners in public health sometimes. But when you sort of boil it down and look at it, the advertising tactics that they're using are so old and tired and targeted at the very same young and aspirational populations. To me, in some ways, it's the same old ads, just new, shinier platforms. (laughs) So Mel, what are the health impacts of vaping? So we have evidence now that e-cigarettes themselves cause poisoning. They can cause injuries through burns or immediate toxicity through inhaling or um, they can even cause seizures. And Mm. we know that e-cigarette related calls to Australian poison information centres around the country have increased over the last five years. So these poisonings are occurring um, in toddlers, but also in adults. And as of November last year, there had been 88 poisonings of kids who had gotten their hands on vapes or e-cigarettes, and that's compared with just 15 in 2020. Of those 88 kids, 20 went to hospital. Wow. Mel, as you've mentioned, it's unclear how much nicotine is in any one vape, but testing has shown it can be incredibly high. What does that level of nicotine do to a kid or an adolescent? Kids are getting nicotine in huge concentrations. You know, they're puffing regularly. Um, So use in children and adolescents specifically can lead to a lifelong addiction, as well as difficulties in concentrating and learning because you can get quite jittery and anxious if you don't have access to the vape and the nicotine. And according to Quitline, we are now seeing young kids as young as 13 who are addicted and calling the Quitline for help. And this is quite unprecedented because Quitline was initially set up to help people quit cigarettes. The kids are trying to call now to get help for vaping. Some of the vaping addiction stories that Professor Freeman heard from the children she surveyed in her Generation Vape study were really quite shocking. I feel like the stories in that report really paint a a strong picture. We actually asked kids of a similar age, so 14 to 17, to read out some of the anecdotes in it. Once we started vaping quite a bit more, like we inhaled and got headphones off the nicotine, and I guess I was pretty addicted to that. It started off as a trend, and then it just gets more and more and more, and you end up addicted. I literally just told myself, like when I'm just like in bed at night, to just stop. Like, just don't do it. Like, why do I have to do it? But then when it's like there, I just feel like I have to. Like, I just give in. Shortness of breath, I notice. And also, going through the day, I'd sort of start to get agitated or sort of, I don't know, see it as something to lean on if I was having a bad day. Like, I'd I'd used to just duck off to the toilets and use mine, but I just kind of got sick of that. Mel, one of the big messages from the vaping industry over the past few years is that vaping 
can help you quit smoking or might be able to help you quit smoking. I'm wondering if that's true and has has good evidence for it. So in the TGA's vaping consultation paper, they looked at all the evidence and they reported that the overwhelming majority of electronic cigarette use in Australia is not to help people quit smoking. So people are taking it up and getting addicted to nicotine who never smoked before. So that's the first thing to Mm. note. So in terms of people who are smokers and are trying to use e-cigarettes to quit, there is some evidence that vaping can help some smokers to quit. And so the evidence does support nicotine vaping products being available to smokers who are trying to quit via a prescription from their doctor. Mm. But most people have success through other methods, whether that's nicotine replacement therapy or just quitting cold turkey. Next. A vaping crackdown is imminent. So what could it look like? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Samel, the drugs regulator, also known as the TGA, handed their report to government last week. This involved releasing over 4,000 submissions to the public with a summary of those submissions. What did that report say? The TGA has proposed a bunch of reforms to try and crack down on youth vaping and the black market. So of those 4,000 submissions that came to the TGA, there were many health experts and researchers who contributed and an overwhelming number of them said that they support tightening border controls around nicotine vaping products. Many want a ban on the importation of non-nicotine products as well as nicotine products, and that will remove that Mm. method of just removing nicotine from the label. All state and territory governments supported the tightening of border controls as well. So Mm. most supported closing the personal importation scheme where you can bring in e-cigarettes and order them for your own personal use, and that the only way to get your vaping products would be through a pharmacist. Many health bodies also want plain packaging on the products or pharmaceutical-like packaging, so getting rid of all those colours and all of that attractive advertising for kids. And they also want to lower the nicotine concentrations in the products. And these ideas are all aimed at making them less appealing for kids. So just to be super clear, these import bans would, in effect, mean that you could only get a vape from your pharmacist. Some would call this a total ban and, you know, they're calling it prohibition, is it? This is another tactic that the vaping lobby and the tobacco companies have 
really exploited well, but no one is actually suggesting a ban or prohibiting vaping products. So just like many, many other drugs, just like other smoking cessation products like nicotine patches, you can get them via a script from your doctor. It really doesn't ban it at all. And it's actually very, very easy, we know, to get a script from your doctor. There's heaps of online GPs that have set up exclusively for prescribing vape products. So yes, this would be a big move. It would be big reforms, but it's in no way a ban. And no one has even suggested banning vaping altogether. Would the import ban on both nicotine and regular vaping products end the black market though, Mel, or is there still, you know, a loophole that could be exploited there? Oh, it's hard to say. It would certainly make it much harder and it's certainly the most likely measure to crack down hard on the black market, but things always get through, right? Mm. What these reforms would do would make it much easier to police and much easier to monitor what's going on. And it would reduce the supply to a point that seeing the wide availability of the products in the black market would surely be reduced. Kind of turns it from a flood to a trickle. It's a good way of putting it, exactly. Samel, earlier you mentioned that a significant portion of vaping lobby groups and vaping companies are linked to big tobacco. How could these companies shape the future of this reform in Australia? So Big Tobacco knows they're not popular anymore. People know that they're responsible for the deaths of millions of people each year through cigarettes, right? So what Big Tobacco does is it spends millions of dollars on PR firms and on lobbyists uh, in Canberra who specialise in getting into Parliament House and getting in the ear of politicians and health officials. And Mm. often the people who manage these PR firms are former political staffers. So they know how the system works and they've already got really good contacts. The other thing Big Tobacco does, as we mentioned earlier, they also spend big on social media campaigns and they use front groups and third parties who do their lobbying for them um, without making it immediately apparent that Big Tobacco are the ones funding these groups. And so just as another example here, There's a group called the Alliance of Australian Retailers, and that group was set up to oppose the government's introduction of plain packaging. So we now know that cigarettes have those graphic labels, but also very plain packaging with no promotion of cigarettes on them. And we saw this retail group rise up and oppose it, saying that it would be really, really bad for industry, but it was in fact funded by Big Tobacco. So Responsible Vaping Australia, who we mentioned before, are doing the same. They claim to represent retailers, but in fact, they're funded by British American Tobacco. And they are heavily lobbying for a relaxation of vaping laws. So we know that this lobbying has had success in the past, okay? So the former Health Minister, Greg Hunt, really did try and take on vaping. And he wanted to ban the importation of vaping devices. And that was his policy. However, there was a coalition revolt led by the Nationals back in 2020 and they just absolutely opposed this, would not support it. And in the end, Greg Hunt was rolled on that policy. He had to back away from it. And so now we see we have very lax laws around the importation of nicotine vaping products. To his credit, my predecessor, Greg Hunt, tried to put in import controls on these products. Uh, He recognised how unhealthy they were, what a menace they were, uh, but they only lasted a couple of weeks before he was rolled by his own party room that has a whole lot of very strong pro-vaping advocates still in it. 
we're in a very different time. We have a different government. Could you see a similar revolt happening in Canberra? Could you see any other big barriers going forward to serious reform? I don't think that the the tobacco and vaping industries have the influence that they want at the moment in Australia. So what happens now is that the TGA has made a bunch of recommendations to the minister based on the submissions. Now, we don't quite know what those recommendations are. They haven't been made public yet, but the health minister is now considering those recommendations about what to do about vaping. And we know that in April, the health minister is holding his second tobacco control roundtable. So no doubt these measures will be up for discussion then. We also know that tobacco companies will throw everything they have at this. And we're already seeing that with the lobbying efforts in Australia at the moment. We just spoke earlier about all the different ways that big tobacco are trying to have influence. So the government will take its time with this process. They still want to get these reforms out by the end of the year, but they know how big tobacco has a history of reacting to any attempts to curb use of their products. And In my interview with Professor Freeman before this announcement, she said we just need to do the right thing and get it right. We know what we need to do. We just need to get on with it and do it. We've heard very clearly from young people, it's the easy access to these products and how attractive the products are to them. Like, let's not go down this this convoluted path of like, oh, maybe we should try some things like, let's ban flavors or, oh, let's change the packaging and see what happens. It's like, no, the easy solution here is access. Let's prevent access. That was Guardian Australia's medical editor, Melissa Davey, and Professor Becky Freeman. You can read Melissa's Generation Vape series at theguardian.com, plus her latest reporting titled Overwhelming Support for Regulation of Vape Imports Amid Health Emergency, TGA Reports. We've linked to both of those on the Full Story page. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and Camilla Hannan. Sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of this episode are Miles Martignoni and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. Okay, thanks for listening and catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.